Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Nier. I'm Brett, and today we talk about our adventures hanging with friends in online games, and how we would fare surviving the zombie apocalypse. After you're done listening to today's show, consider checking out The Walk Show for insights and conversations not related to gaming. What's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I have been actually not dabbling in anything very new, um, which is somewhat disappointing because I constantly have these thoughts of like, oh, I'm going to try so many new games this weekend. <laughs> the truth is, is that Risk of Rain 2 uh, continues to really dominate most of the game time that I have. Yeah? Uh, I play it. I mean, I've got... I've had it for, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks at this point, and I'm at 52 hours already. Wow. Um, I play it by myself. I play it a couple of buddies I have picked it up, and I play with them sometimes. But even if they're not around, I'll still play. Whereas, like, with, like, Sea of Thieves, um, I'd largely only played that with, you know, my right. buddy that had that or whatever. But, but yeah, Risk of Rain 2, I am continually impressed by it. I know I already talked about it a bit, so I don't mean to restate the same things but uh, it's just a really 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 well done game in such a variety of ways like the amount of secret type things that are in the game yeah is just like great like 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 combinations or just things that you can find like what do you mean yeah like so yeah different levels that you can find like there's different different portals you can find that'll take you to different worlds and then sometimes those will actually reset your progress in the same run so normally you go stage one through stage five and then after you beat stage five you go to the boss level mm-hmm. which is the, the very last level of the game and um there are sometimes there's portals and i actually don't i've only done it i've done it so few times i don't know exactly how the mechanic works but there's some portal you can go through where there, it's a new level you do it and when you come back you're on stage one again so like so you, actually, get, you get to accelerate your progress some by like kind of so basically there's like there's an achievement for doing 20 completing 20 stages in a single run uh, so the only way to do that would be to continually go through whatever process i don't know <laughs> exactly how it works um to continue to kick yourself back to the beginning and reprogress so yeah basically the way the game works with difficulty which i know i explained before too but you know as time increases difficulty increases well the difficulty seems to cap out at the ha 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 difficulty and it reaches that at about the 40 minute mark okay and then i've made it all the way to like an hour 20 before like 80 wow. minutes and it's still that difficulty so okay. i don't think it increases again at least not in that way right. um i don't know all the underlying mechanics that they might have that affect difficulty you know right. um but at least the meter doesn't change again so anyway so assuming that the difficulty flattens there then yes the more stages you do the more gear you're getting and if the difficulty is no longer increasing you're just increasing your power right the difference would be that or the only way that that's a little subverted is as you continue to level all of the the creatures or enemies also level when you do okay so as you play more you get more xp they also become more powerful but ideally at least that's in lockstep with your you, power growth right and then maybe and you're, you're gonna, gaining items right i was gonna say the items is the the kicker to that 
Yeah, um, but there's a, a ton of characters. I mean, I think I've unlocked maybe eight different characters at this point, and they're all. I, I honestly, I like all of them. It's 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 actually hard to choose a favorite because there's none of them that I think aren't fun. Um, Is there any of them that you just end up playing more than others, or you jump around pretty consistently? You can, yeah. I, I now I pretty much change every run um, what I'm I'm playing. You can look and see in like the the stats of the, right, of the what's game. most played. Yeah, every character just shows the pick rate. And the very first character you have access to is my most played. But that's because I didn't unlock a character for probably the first, I don't know, two days I played or something. Right. Um, and then there, there's just, yeah, there's crazy weapons. And there's there's things that I think maybe were a bug that they then left in the game. So I don't mean to go too in the weeds. If people haven't played, they don't know what I'm talking about. But... So, for example, one of the characters has the ability to switch between two different primary weapons. Okay. Um, so everyone gets an equipment slot. So you have, like, like QWER for abilities. And then and Q is equipment, right? And it, it's okay. not actually QWER, but whatever. You have right. four, four things. The Q button is your equipment button, which is usually a, a, something you have to actively use, and then it's on a cooldown and whatever. Well, uh, this this character that has the two primary weapons it can toggle between, whenever you switch primary weapons, it also switches equipment slots. So you get two mm. equipment slots with him, which is, of the characters I have unlocked, which there's one or two I don't, It's that's a unique mechanic for him. Right. Well, I found this equipment last night that was, A, passive. So despite going in the equipment slot, I don't have to press the button to turn it on. Nice. And what it does is it turns... Um, the top half of my health bar into a shield. Okay. Um, which regens faster kind of thing out of combat, at least. <laughs> well, it actually works with that one character only that if you switch your equipment, like so, if, which is really switching my primary weapon. Right. And like toggle out of it and toggle back to this passive equipment. It just heals me to full. Because it replaces the top half of my health oh, with shield wow. that I don't actually maybe have, but it, right. And 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 I didn't figure this out on my own. We found the item and we'd never seen it before. I was playing it with some buddies last night, and one of them Googled it, and we just saw what the effect was. And I was like, oh, I think that's best for the character I was playing, so I grabbed it. Well, then later on, he he had died, and so he was just hanging out. So he went back and looked at the item, and he was like, wait a minute, aren't you? this character multi for anyone that, that plays okay. and I was, and he was like, so since March, it works like this in the way I just <laughs> basically repop your shields. Yeah. And so, but like, I've never seen that item before in the game. So it's right. not like I find that every run in 50 hours of play. I've seen it once and I would have to see it on this character. On that, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's super OP. But, it's but also, the rarity of you getting that opiness is... Yeah, and I'm not, like, hunting for it, you know what right, I mean? you're like, not, I'm not restarting runs to get it in the first drop or something. Like. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, and that's another thing, like, I really haven't Googled very much on the game at all. Um, yeah, that was going to be my next question, because I know that you hadn't, you, you know, last time you said you hadn't really done much, and I didn't know if you had started wiki surfing yet, or... No, I mean, I've I've thought about it, but the truth is, is that, like, which is why I'm so amazed by it. It's just fun. Like it's yeah. just fun. And I don't really, 
care. Like there's there's one character that I want to unlock again, one or two that I still need to unlock. I might look up exactly what those requirements are, and right. then I might do some runs of just trying to to grind that out to get the character unlocked. But otherwise, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, it's it it's it's super fun. Some of the some of the combinations you find of equipment, some of the loadouts you end up getting. Yeah, it's just a. I imagine it's, it's kind of hard farm. to. It's not like a Terraria that's static, and has a pause game, like or pause menu. Like solo, if you can pause. Okay, but yeah. in if you're doing if you're playing a lot of multiplayer, then y- you can't really stop to wiki what you've got. Like you said, unless you have somebody with you that's willing to to do that when they're you know, or if you find a hole that you can go in for thirty seconds to try to do it while somebody else guards you or something, but. Yeah, well, and like there was another guy who's kind of adjacent to the group that I've been been playing with. Um, he, so he was in the Discord. We haven't actually, I haven't actually personally played with this guy, but you know, as soon as he picked up the game, he immediately went and looked at the wiki and like right. came back into the Discord and was telling us like, oh, well, this is the best in slot build, and this is the best this and that, and it's like, yeah, the the fun of the game though is actually kind of the randomization of the discovery of what your build will be, and like. Right. I don't. I don't want to be in the mentality where I always pick something because a spreadsheet said that it was two percent more efficient. Well, like, and if you don't have to min max, so if you can get an hour and forty minute long run, like, then you probably don't have to min max, which is awesome. That's great because then you don't have to. You don't feel compelled to wiki. Well, and and you know, I, I obviously you know I play as a gamer. I am naturally a min maxer type on my own like i I just think of gaming that way Mm -hmm. so yeah like i will like when we're playing when i'm playing multiplayer and we encounter maybe an attack speed upgrade well i'll i'll in my head think about of the two of us who benefits from that the most right or if i pick up a run speed buff well the next time i find one i might ask the other person like hey do you already have a run speed right what's your run speed do you need one yeah but like I, I think that's fun too. Like I want, yeah. I want to think about those things. I don't want, I, I'm not at a point where I feel like I want the spreadsheet to tell me how to think about those decisions. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. No, I hundred um, percent agree. I think it, it, I think for me, wikiing things tend to be in a couple of situations. Either I don't know how to make a thing that I actually actively want. Like you said, like yep. unlocking a character or something uh, and have already have enough experience to be able to even understand what I'm going to read. Right. Um, or, I mean, I, I think that's really most of it just in different ways. Um, or if I have, I've acquired something that seems like I'm not using it the right way or there's some other way to use it, then I may wiki something for that. But I mean, uh, while I'm not generally as min-maxy, because I, I think that a, a lot of times min-maxing for me breaks the fun of a game. Like if you just become stupid powerful, then nothing can touch you and okay well congratulations you did that but now the game's no fun like <laughs> so i played this game sorry i don't mean to interrupt you go no, ahead. no no go for it so i this is unrelated to risk of rain but i played this game years ago i think i told this story before anyway I, it was a game called two worlds and i was going to be without internet for a week and it was in the heart of my original wow playing days and so i was going to be without internet for a week so i wanted to get a single player game so i go and get this game two worlds and yeah, I, I I made a character and I and it's an action RPG single player kind of thing, kind of like a, a, 
a worse version of like a Dragon Age or I don't know something along the Skyrim's not really fair because Skyrim is way better than, than Two Worlds, <laughs> and and Two Worlds doesn't have any of that world building and that open endedness. Anyway, um, but so the character I made, I just as is tradition with me in fantasy games, I made it an archer. And every level, I just put all of my points into, I think, like dexterity or whatever the archery right. stat was. Well, what that did was it also, as a passive, increased your run speed. And not very far into the archery line, you got an ability that disarmed enemies. Well, the AI was poorly written, so when you would shoot an enemy and disarm them, they wouldn't pick the weapon back up. D so, A, I hit really hard because all my points were in that stat. B, I could outrun anything in the game, so I can basically kite anything. <laughs> and then with the disarming shot, as long as I can get that off, they just drop their weapon, and then they're just a free kill. So I the, the, the storyline of the game was something like, oh, the orcs are invading, and they've got a war camp set over somewhere. I went and massacred literally every orc in the war camp without a quest to do that or anything, and then <laughs> came back, and the game didn't recognize that I had done that. There's a roving band of orcs, and you know they've launched a campaign in our lands or whatever. And I was like, no, no, they're all dead. They are two, two an orc. They're they dead, 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 right? And they don't respawn, so we're good. Like game over, right? And then the game did not think game over, but I did, um, and I quit. The point being, you are 100 percent right. If you min max too much, you can break a game. Although, to some extent, because that's how I like to kind of approach it. Like, and again, not that I'm always the best at doing it. Right. Um, if the game breaks like that, then I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's a crap game. You know what I mean? Like I think it's... so. I mean, for me, I mean less about breaking the game in the sense that like, because that can be fun to screw up quests. It can also be really annoying. Uh, I remember Fallout. Um, mm. I don't even know which one. It, it honestly could be one, two, three, New Vegas Ooh. or four. Uh, I think I've had events happen in all of them. But because the branching quests go so far you can sometimes stumble into a place, feel really determined to beat that place when you're not supposed to. Yep. Either save scum or miracle your way through it with a perfect grenade or a rocket or something that just makes it happen. Right. Acquire an item that then just breaks an entire quest line. Right, um, yep. But that's one thing, and that can be equally frustrating or hilarious. I think for me, it's more when you break the gameplay itself, kind of more along the lines of like the disarming shot where like, right, where that just gets boring, yep. where nothing can challenge you. And well, that's why I quit, because, yeah, it wasn't fun to play anymore. And the, like, so it's like, OK, well, maybe the game will recognize that we've won and it'll be interesting storyline wise somehow. But that wasn't true either. So, uh, yeah, we just had to to move on. But anyway, yeah, Risk of Rain 2, I honestly cannot suggest enough. It's amazing for how little story there is. I mean, you find like logbook entries that you can then read from um, the main menu. Right. But once you're in the game playing, there's basically no explanation of how anything works. Uh, you just kind of go. Like when I first started playing, I didn't really understand what the objective was like. I guess I'll run around and then I, it's like find a teleporter. And so eventually I found a glowing thing and it's like, I guess that's the teleporter. So I click it and then it's like, well, am I supposed to collect all the loot first or am I supposed to just go to the teleporter? <laughs> and the truth is, is that how do you want to do it? What do you think? You know what I mean? Right. How do you want to approach it? Um, yeah, it's, 
it's it's I'm very surprised. And for as lo-fi as it is graphically, like its colors are kind of muted and I mean it's it's made in unity, you know? So it's right. um but they actually do a lot of really cool stuff. Like every item you pick up is actually physically represented somewhere on your character. Oh, that's awesome. And like I unlocked a character that gets two drones. Well, the the drones that you can drop also inherit all of your item abilities. So if I get bleed, my drones also have bleed now. Awesome. I mean, literally everything. Well, they also they also reflect all of the items physically on the drone. So like, there's a stake that you get, and its effect is it's like a slab of meat, and its effect is that uh, when you kill an enemy, it regens health. Well, then the drones just wear a little slab of meat. Like, <laughs> like, so do you end up being like having a Katamari Damacy ball for a body of just infinite <laughs> items, just like like the Marshmallow Man, just items stacked all over you? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't get way bigger like that necessarily. Um, although that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's um, just a ball of items rolling around. Yeah, but you do you get pretty crazy looking but it's interesting how they do it because they clearly put some thought into like not not all of the items go in the same place on every character right, right? like so there's an archer chick where who her her head is like a helmet that has two like lights that i are vertical so i guess that's supposed to be like her eyes or right. what she's her cameras or whatever yeah so well there's these crit glasses that you can find they look like goggles well on her when you get them they go, the little goggles go directly over those lights on the helmet. So it looks very natural or whatever. Right. So the, it's, the goggles are vertical too, instead of right. being like horizontal because the, that's just it, how it is applied to every model. Exactly. Whereas like when you get like, there's a big kind of dinosaur lizard kind of character, he wears them around his eyes and they, they look much bigger and wears them horizontally. You could say. Right. So it's also not lazily implemented like that. That's awesome. Um, and there's just a ton of little touches that they do like that, that are, that it's like, okay, you know, like I can, I can respect that as lo-fi as this looks at, at first glance, like there's some, there's some love here. And honestly, as crazy as it gets, I mean, I'm, I'm probably glad now that we flipped roles with who plays on a potato, I'm probably glad that it doesn't look a lot better because, well, no, really. Cause like, it, like I asked my other buddy the other day, I was like, what if this looked like Destiny 2? Like, what if it was the exact same game, but just aesthetically was Destiny 2? And we were both just mesmerized by that thought because it would be so beautiful. But there's so much chaos going on that I probably wouldn't be able to play it. You know what right. I mean? Like, so like particles and models <laughs> and rendering. and Well, like one of the masks is like, one of the items you can get is this mask that's like a, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like a tribal mask kind of thing. So it kind of looks like one of those old, like medieval time doctor masks. It's got like, a really long nose. Oh, okay. Like a plague you know, mask. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Plague mask. It's not that, but it kind of, it looks like that, but then it's got feathers coming out of it. Well, like that, the little nose portion of that is wobbly. Like <laughs> when you jump around, like it, like, you know, we did the episode a long time ago that was like enjoyable distractions or something, which you should go listen to if you haven't listener. Um, and, and I talked then about how, like, I love watching the start, the zealot, ponytail bounds in starcraft 2 right. this game has a lot of those tiny little things nice. where you don't have to care or even notice it but if you do you're kind of like okay i appreciate that that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> yeah anyway complete monologue rant about risk of rain <laughs> for 30 minutes so uh 
What have you been playing? <laughs> uh, so I've been playing two things. So I know we've already talked that I got into Sea of Thieves. Um, I definitely got to a point where I can't play that game solo. Like, you can solo sloop. It's very, very... There's whole YouTuber series made on solo slooping. Yeah. But it's just not as much fun for me. Yeah. Um, especially now that I've got the bulk of things that I wanted. And... It really is just like the crew that we have. We have a three-person crew, and we operate really well together. We all know what we're doing. When we get in, we can get into bigger battles. We can get out of stickier situations. Um, but I did do a little bit of solo slooping, and I, I've got a couple of different stories that I want to tell. If we've got a couple other episodes, Walker has also has an episode or two that we have with uh, our guest. Uh, Chris Hammaker that had played. So there's tons of Sea of Thieves content, so I don't want to play it out too much. But I, uh, the the three-person stuff is great. We actually, just last night, very briefly, we did our first boss steal. So there's like, on just in the world, there's these like clouds or tornadoes or whatever that you can see from a long way that let you know that there's a world event happening over there. And then they can also change depending on if it's an active event or if it's just you can go do it there. So we saw, uh, we're in a brig, there's three of us, that we saw this sloop and we saw the tornado for like one of the harder bosses in the game active and super fiery. So we're like, well, let's go check them out and see what's up. We go up, we like sneak up on their sloop. There we see fireballs being thrown on the other side of the island. So we know that the boss is over there chucking stuff at them. And we're like, well, let's see what's on their ship first. They have like almost no supplies. It's a sloop, so there's only two of them. They've got a couple of curse balls, and we have been spending most of the night just getting, practicing basically T-boning ships and then having one person jump on them with an exploding barrel. So we're like, well, let's deliver an exploding barrel on the bottom of the ship and see what's up. So we put one down there, steal what we want, think about it for a bit, and they come back and kill me before I can blow up the barrel. Uh, but the barrel's on the bottom of their ship. So I'm like, well, they killed me, so launch everything. So we shoot them with, like, one cannonball. It instantly blows up the barrel on their ship. Their ship sinks and kills one of them. We kill the other guy in the water, and we're like, well, this boss is, like, halfway done. So <laughs> we start shooting cannonballs at it. Now, granted, we're not playing smart because two of us haven't fought the boss at all, ever. And one of them kind of barely knows it. So we're shooting cannonballs at it. It sinks our brig. We've got like five-star emissary status, so we lose that, but we have a ton of loot on the ship. So we drop the dinghy at the last second before the ship sinks. Um, <laughs> two of us, <laughs> one of them dies. He respawns the boat. Two of us are trying to kite the boss around the island. We're realizing that all of our loot's going to sink in the water, so one of us goes to grab the dinghy and start, or we start originally, no, that's right. No, we didn't have a dinghy. We didn't have a dinghy at first. <laughs> we lost our ship three times. <laughs> or, or twice, the third time we got out. So the second time, our buddy spawns the ship back, finds a dinghy, brings it back to us, drops the dinghy off, boat sinks. We're trying to get the loot onto like the shore so it doesn't sink in the water. Right. But now we have a dinghy, so now we're trying to get the loot back into the dinghy while we're kiting this boss third time two of us die it was me and my buddy so we spawn the ship back 
right as we spawn the ship, our last crew member kill gets the final kill on the boss. And he's like hooping and hollering. He's like, I got no health, no bullets. I just sword swiped him but he's dead. And we're like, but we don't know what island we were on because it's been like half an hour now. And the nameplate, well, we didn't spawn close enough for us to see the nameplate of our last surviving member. It took us like 30 minutes sailing around and he's like loaded up the dinghy and we're both, we're all trying to argue about if he stays on shore with the dinghy, he's a target for players because that island has a different event on it for like the Halloween stuff. Mm. So we don't want people going there and finding him with all the boss loot and all of our old ship loot. But if he sails away from the island, we don't know where he is because we have a rough idea of where he could be. And he's trying to give us, you know, coordinates on his compass like, well, this world events to my southwest and this world events north. And we're trying to match that up to ours to figure out where he is. <laughs> and we're like, I'm I'm like just sail into the sea towards this event and we'll pick you up at it. And he's like, yeah, but other players are going to be there. And if he sails off in a dinghy, we'll never see him until we actually get there. And so, but eventually we did get the dinghy. We got it back on the boat. There were like three other players at the closest outpost. So we had to sail halfway across the map again to avoid all of that. Finally sold everything off. And then in classic fashion, because, and I was, I was like, I got to go to bed early tonight. I mean it. I'm serious this time. It was an hour and a half after I said I absolutely had to go <laughs> that we're finally doing this. But in, in our usual fashion, every time we log off, we set fire to the whole top of the boat, uh, pull the anchor up, drop the sails, and sail it off into the distance to give it a Viking funeral while we drink and play music. And it was just like that kind of emergent kind of gameplay, that tension it's just not something I've, I've felt in a lot of other games. And I don't feel it as much solo, but you can do some wild stuff when you have two or three people. Yeah, no, I, I that is such a great story. And yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the thing about Sea of Thieves that is so good is it's it's exactly what you just did. I mean, it it's just a great story generator. Like, mm -hmm. And it's interesting because objectively and logically especially now that you've played for a while like like right. the first night you played i talked to you like the day after that or something and you were like like kind of upset about some money that you'd lost or something mm -hmm. and being robbed and i've said for a while i'm like yeah the money doesn't really matter and it's true at least for me it is outside of of the the moment like that's how i think about it i'm like yeah i don't care it doesn't matter it's only f literally for cosmetics and, right. and yeah i like some of the cosmetics even but I don't, I'm not behind if I lost it. You right. Know what I mean? Like I would yeah. be in a sandbox MMO that we've You're talked about. You're not getting reset to, to zero. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. There is no zero, but man, in that moment, like in the moment when you're playing the game, it like the treasure matters. Like you mm -hmm. guys are going through all this stuff to save it. And even though it doesn't matter really, it, it's, it, I love that the game is like i don't even know what the word is immersive enough maybe right that it, it allows me to to hold both of those things at once to objectively know that this doesn't really matter and i don't care but at the same time to not let that make me cynical about the play experience right because if i thought if i thought like that the whole time then it would be like well why do anything you know what i mean yeah, like yeah it, any game can get that way right right but sea of thieves it, it it doesn't now i think you're right also i think if i played alone it could get that way more so because yeah. it's a lot more tedious um 
but yeah, no, that, that, that's awesome. And I love the Viking funeral story. You had told me that <laughs> before. And I shared that with my buddy that I had been playing with, uh, just that you guys did that. And he was like, that's so good. And I was like, well, I know it's, it's like a ritual now. Like right, every right. time when we're all ready to get off, we sell everything. We set the ship on fire. We sail off. We drink, a, like keep refilling and keep drinking. Cause you, you stumble all over. And mm. you even like when you play music, the, the song will all synchronize. Like we talked about before, but if you're drunk, it'll play out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so we're all playing out of tune. And then, well, after we're done, we basically go buy cosmetics, like spend the loot that we just got, you know, and <laughs> and so it. But yeah, every time it's just we just role play out the whole end of it, and and it's such a blast. I love it. Yeah, and I love your story of of ganking the boss. Like the the it's a pirate game. I get it, so it all just fits. But it's like they let you be a pirate in so many ways. Right. Like, like you can pirate someone's boss fight. Like yeah. They... <laughs> um, well, and yeah, so we didn't have to have any of the stuff to like start the boss fight with like any right. of the rare items or the quest or anything. We right. just, well, and we're like, I was like, I feel bad, but at the same point in time, they didn't have anybody on lookout. They were on the opposite side of the Island from their ship. Nobody was on lookout that's just bad tactics. You know, nobody's checking on the ship and we sat there for a hot minute before we decided, like, are we going to be the bad guys this time? Like, yeah, I think we are. And yeah, so. we, uh, I, I definitely, um, am always just the bad guy. It's I don't know if I've gotten as you can be. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever been nice to some, I mean, I don't like say things to them. I'm not right, like, har right. harassing people, but as far as like killing people or something like, yeah. Oh, I definitely try to ally because you can make a lot of you can make. I mean, I'm also been trying to buy really expensive cosmetics. Yeah. So I'm still the gold is still important. It's not as important because I've got a lot of stuff that I want, but it still hurts to lose a lot like a big like if I lose like two things, I'm like, whatever. But right. if I lose a whole ship full of it's more like gathering all the equipment off the island to stock your boat up. That's what sucks to lose. That's I will agree with that. I, I mean, that's it's funny how when we started playing, you know, we used to hop in the boat, grab a quest and, and hit the road. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, we spend the first 10 minutes running around the Island you spawn on collecting every cannonball and piece of wood and everything else off of it. And then really just continuing to try and stock up with supplies right. as often as you can and, until we get to like, you know, at least a full a good, stack of everything. Yeah, a good stock of stuff. Well, and the bigger ships take more too, because they can suffer more damage and last right. longer. And you got to out, it's mostly an attrition war in most battles. It might be too OP, which is why they may, maybe they don't let people do it. But I, there is a part of me that wishes you could queue three people for a sloop. Because right, if you right. have a third person on a sloop. Or oh, four man. on a brig. Yeah. Yeah. Like, same. So yeah, That'd be great. So I have one other story, yeah. which I, I don't want to go off on a huge uh, diatribe about it. But I have now had two experiences where a cosmetic has saved my life in sea of thieves hmm. and so i'm wondering if a cosmetic can be paid a win go on so i purchased a dog with real money because sea of thieves is free for me instead of 40 dollars because i got it on the game pass and it was good enough that i'm like i i'm willing to give money and the dog is just cute so i want it it looks kind of like my dog and it has a pirate outfit so I will buy that as well. 
and it is adorable and you can pet it and it will dance for music and you can hold it and you can like show things to other players which turns them around and when you hold the dog and turn it around it like holds it up in front of your whole body and it like pant with its little front legs down and it is just the most adorable thing <laughs> and it'll like lick your face and pant and like dance in circles and pee on things it's, it does nothing but it's a great critter i love it it's so it is probably one of the cutest pets i've ever owned in any game and twice now the first time i got rolled up on uh when i wasn't really pay i was trying to do a tall tale solo i didn't notice that there was a boat outside because i was working with maps and whatnot two people board my ship one holds me at gunpoint the other one they're like we want all your stuff we want all your stuff and i'm like i don't have any loot they're like we're gonna, gonna take your supplies then i'm like okay and then like one of them jumps on my boat screaming like we are the cult of the worm and steals and eats all of my worms in front of me and they're like role playing this out and they i feel like they're not they might kill me but i'm not sure and they're doing this role play thing where they're having they're all screaming and chanting about worms and then there's a very real moment that happens where one of the players goes, wait a minute, this dude has a dog? He's like, we're going to steal your dog. And he's like, no, 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 for real. I want to see this. Hang on a second. Like, we're, we're not going to kill you just yet. I'm going to look at your dog. I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh my God, I think I have to buy one of these. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And like, they all, they immediately drop out of character and become just normal people. And they're like, can I pet it? Can I pick it up? I'm like, yeah, you can, you can. You could chill with him for a bit. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is so cool. And I'd named it Admiral Fuzznug because he's a fuzzy little nugget. And of course he's the Admiral because I am just a lowly peon. He's the captain, you know? <laughs> and Admiral, you mean. Admiral even, yes. He is the leader of an entire pirate faction. <laughs> and, and I got my clothes to match his. Like... <laughs> I saw that face. <laughs> the The listeners didn't, but I did. Um, but yeah, and they were like, "We're we're gonna let you do let you go because I, I, this is I can't I'm I'm completely disarmed now. This is too cute. I'm just we're gonna take your worms and go." And later on, I ended up even like helping them shoot down an enemy ship, and they <laughs> immediately allied with me because they're like, "Hey, it's Admiral Fuzznug." And so they allied with me and ended up making a ton of money off of them together. So that was that was the first time. The second time, I went to an outpost and needed to sell some stuff. And there was another ship there. But I was kind of on the other side. So I was hoping I could just I didn't have a lot. So I was hoping I could get in and out real quick. And the dude takes a pot shot at me with a sniper rifle and misses. Because I see the like the glint when mm -hmm. somebody's through a telescope. But then a bullet came through. And I was like, oh, that's a sniper rifle. So I run under deck grab my dog, run back up, jump on the top back the end of my ship and hold the right button to show it. And it covers like your whole top half, like the dog's head where your head would be. And the front of the dog is all panty legged and like panting and being cute. And they glint me. They glint me again. They get glinted a third time. And I just hear a vo over voice chat, man, I can't shoot a dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> they were like i i mean that's that's a, that's really that's really harsh but that's also a genius tactic dude i can't do that so we're gonna leave you alone just because that was too freaking smart 
and I was like, woohoo! And so I like danced and then made the dog dance by playing music, and they got a kick out of that. Like, I gotta buy a dog now, this is too much. And so yeah, that's twice now that a cosmetic has earned me an ally and kept me from dying twice. So... Hmm. Can't, so I'd can't, like to... is, is there a pay to win by emotionally <laughs> distressing your opponents? So I'd like to say, first of all, uh, for those that don't know, I follow a not insignificant amount of uh, Dachshund only Instagram accounts. <laughs> um, so I get it, <laughs> and I am I am also this person with dogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love those stories. I have to admit, and I feel, I honestly am not even going to pursue it though, because yes, yes, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. The dog is pay to win. <laughs> There's a part of me that wants to argue the minutia of it and be like, but that's not really a cosmetic because it's an item and it's whatever. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yes. Pay to win. Cosmetics. So cosmetics win. can affect gameplay. I, and not I'm just only, in a buggy sense that, like, the hot dog hat lets you clip through this wall. I'm only going to allow this statement without me arguing it in this context alone. <laughs> Any other game we play where you get mad about cosmetics being not free, I will continue to push back, as I always have. So we will still argue, but you know what? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Just, you know what? Again, the dog has now been paid to win in our real-life podcast because I am also conceding right now simply because it's the mm -hmm. dog. So yep. it's actually pay to win in all, in life is what you've, you've actually it's found true. a cosmetic true. that wins in An life. An in-game cosmetic that wins in the real world. I'll tell you what, the next time, if you and your wife have a disagreement, just pull that up on the monitor and be like, <laughs> huh? Maybe? Maybe? No? Huh? And I know you guys have a real dog, but that's... Our real dog has done that hey, several nice. times. There's been, there's been instances where... But she's so cute. You have Arma to doesn't her. think I should take the trash right, out. Right, right. <laughs> Karma thinks mom should do the dishes. Yep. Oh man. Oh boy. So well, uh, um, no, that's 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 so wonderful. I love I love both of those stories. Um, and I'm so happy that Sea of Thieves has been what it has been for you because I didn't. I, again, I was shocked that I liked it. Right. You know, I didn't I never... think I was going to. I thought I might like it for like a week. But, yeah, I've never really been that into it um, when looking at it and stuff over the years and always thought like, yeah, but what do you do? Like, right. who cares? Um, but again, you know, and I don't, I, I've made this point previously as well, so I don't mean to, to belabor it either. But I think it, it actually is an example, even though this is not a, a battle royale mm -hmm. and not a first person shooter. I think that both Sea of Thieves and Risk of Rain, which are also very different games, um, I think that they all along with battle royales all kind of fall into the same category of you can jump in and play and kind of have some fun adventure that you didn't predict and you can stop right after that and it's fine there's not some long-term commitment that you have to make if you only play once a week right you can have the adventure you can have if you play once a week is the same adventure you could play have if you played every day right and in like an MMO or something, that's not true because if you only play once a week, you're still level 10 and everyone else is level 100 or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, so, and I, I think especially even for something like Sea of Thieves, the, the thing about skill in it is that 
sure you can because after a certain point once you get like way deep into the game and you're legendary pirate high rank of whatever and you've beaten all the bosses i've seen tons of people that still have fun because now you're good enough to troll people yeah <laughs> now you're so good and can kill people so fast that you can get away with like killing somebody and then in the 30 seconds or like a minute that it takes for them to respawn on their boat three other people just grab all of the loot off your ship and dump it on it and then sail off and like that person respawns to just a boat full of loot out of nowhere like that kind of trolling is i think even or you know good or bad or whatever like people try to be mean to you and then you just wipe the floor with them and then like if you're nice to me and say you're sorry i'll give you this giant sack of loot they're like, ah, no, and they try to kill you. You kill them again. Like, what? you just rule the seas now. You make the rules. And so I think that, like, there still is there's room for adventure, even at very high levels. You just have to make your own fun. You right. have to leverage your skill in a way that makes it fun for you. And, yeah. No, I yeah, I agree with that, that statement entirely as well. I will say, and this isn't really, this is, again, more personal, but I will say when, because you, you're not a big PvPer. No. So we don't talk about PvP that often on the show, at least from your perspective, because right. it's just not a thing that you're you're into a ton. Um, and I'm not, to be clear, not like I'm some huge PvPer either, um, but a little more. But especially in this kind of open world sandboxy thing, and if we were playing a battle royale, I mean, everyone's shooting each other because that's the right. only thing you can do. It just is revealed to me yet again. In my mind, I like to think among my friends each individual relationship that I am the hero and they are the villain, of course. <laughs> of course. And over and over, probably the fact that I have that thought implies this to begin with. <laughs> I'm always the villain and I don't want to be the villain all the time. But you're such a nicer person than I am. You're like, oh man, I love it when people get trolled and they get hooked up with a boat full of stuff. When I play Sea of Thieves with Ham, who was on the show before, like you mentioned at the beginning, we're sociopaths. We're sociopaths. <laughs> if we see someone, we don't say anything other than there's a target. And then they just get attacked. There's no conversation. We would never hold someone at gunpoint. We would just shoot you. That's the gunpoint <laughs> you're held at is you've been shot. And and that's it. And it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? I don't know. How... <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at being nice on the internet, I think, is what I've... <laughs> A veil of anonymity and it all breaks down. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Now, I will say again, I, I don't troll people and I don't go out of my way. I, when I say troll, I don't verbally abuse people. Like right, I wouldn't right. I wouldn't do that. I don't type stuff to people that's mean. Um, I mean, actually, uh, some other people I play with will shout things at people, not like crazy, like bigoted right. stuff or something offensive like that. But they'll they'll shout like suck it nerd or I don't know, right. something stupid. I don't even really do that because I don't I don't. I don't the think most uh, generally when we use voice chat for other players, we either demand that they raise their alliance flag before we open fire, because that's basically that's we extort people. We're extortionist pirates. Yeah. If you raise your alliance flag and sell 5000 gold worth of things in the next five minutes at this outpost, we won't sink your ship. Mm. If you don't, we will sink your ship and take whatever you have and sell it. Um, so we extort people. <laughs> But we get a lot of alliances out of it, and right. most people are more than willing to raise an alliance flag. So, I think the one time we ra we tried to do the alliance thing was 
we were fighting a larger ship and then another smaller ship showed up and got in the mix somehow. Right. And then we tried to like, Hey, enemy of my enemy kind of thing. Right. But I don't think they accepted it. We've also about half the time we get an Alliance flag, that person then immediately opens fire on us. Mm. Um, which also yeah. happens a lot because it gives them that time to prepare, but it also, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. We read online when we very first started playing that if you have your, the lights on, on your boat, then that implies you're friendly. And if the lights are off, it implies you're not right. So at first we started turning all the lights off because we're never friendly, but then within like, I don't know, an hour of that decision from then on, we were like, wait a minute, always leave the lights on. So yet again, <laughs> showing that we're sociopaths, like we just, any, wave the white flag right, to make it look like you're contract. only doing tall tales right whatever social contract there is we seek to destroy that um and i don't i don't think that's good but that's that's who we are so <laughs> <laughs> we're very different gamers that's just all there is to it <laughs> i know i know i i just i just worry about maximizing things killing as efficiently as i can <laughs> And how much time it takes, and then complain that all of those things make me bored of gaming all of the time. So, <laughs> just a basket case. Um, so, another thing I wanted to bring up, um, actually, real quick, I did want to say, and I, this is so out of place and probably not valuable to listener at all since it's so out of place. We did actually just beat Risk of Rain for the very first time. Like oh, nice. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. sweet. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it was the, the only time. I've actually beaten the last boss before by myself, but you have to then escape the last level Metroid style. Yep, yep, yep. And I failed that mm. and died. Yep, yep. That's harsh. It That's was because I, I had never beaten the boss before, so I didn't know that was coming. Yep. And I didn't understand where to go, so I went the wrong way. Aww. After that, I'll never make that mistake again because now right. I get it. Um, anyway, that wasn't what I was going to bring up, though. So the other thing I was going to bring up is... Uh, the other game I, I probably spent the most time with here in the last couple of weeks is um, a game called Foundations, which I've talked about on the pod before. I don't remember how long ago, but um, a, a while. But it's like a city builder colony man. I, I don't remember what we'd yeah, agreed we agreed to call we, these games. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it like survival colony management sim, like uh, Banished. Yeah, but not nearly that hard. Right. Not hard like that. Um not quite factory town. Yeah, but... I was going to say not quite so easy that you can't lose like factory town. Right, right. And and like you actually see the citizens out and about unlike factory town. Um but yeah. Anyway, Foundations is the uh, the the thing that has always made it so cool to me is that you you just place buildings and then the NPCs walk to them and that's what creates the roads. Oh, nice. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And like for for the residential area, for example, you don't place houses. You just take a paintbrush and paint an area that's residential and then they plant their own houses. That's really cool. So A, the houses don't look the same. B, they're not all in a straight line like a suburb. And C, the roads are all crazy because the front mm. doors are. In, so it looks like an old timey village or at least. That's really cool. That it, I that, imagine that to look the like. The AI gets to manage that a little bit more. And Right, right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had it for well over a year at this point and i've gone back to i think this is the third time i've gone back to it and yeah it's just it continues to be a charming little time i mean it's something that i usually will play for one or two sessions maybe about between five and eight hours total for a given playthrough if you will not not all in once necessarily but across those one or two play sessions 
Um, and then, and then I'm good. And, but again, I've probably come back to it, you know, every six months and I've been impressed with, with how fun it is each time to kind of come back to it. I, they've continued to update it and release new content and polish some of the systems, uh, which is cool. Um, you can raise a military and send your military on missions. Wow. I wish that they would make it so that you got invaded. Like that's the one thing oh, I yeah, still yeah, yeah. wish you could see. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a really neat little game, and if if you're into that genre of game at all, um, Anno eighteen hundred is another example. Right. Anno is a lot more complicated than this is. Um, Surviving Mars, I think, is kind of in this vein. But if you like those kind of games, I think this one is an excellent one to to give a look to. Banished is still one of the best of that genre that I've ever played, but it's just so hard. It is. It and is this so is not unforgiving in that it is way the dark souls of colony management sims <laughs> it is except i don't know if you ever if you ever tried uh frostpunk but oh yeah 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 that might even be harder because in that you're not the nameless overlord God. yeah you're literally playing the character of so mayor you can, you can get voted out and the game's over yep so not only know, will... banished is a, we've talked before banished is another one of those games you can lose hours before you know that you've lost yep which is really rough but... yep yeah it's um i just really love that genre though you know i think yeah i love it too i will have to give foundation a try yeah i think you would like it a lot it's a it, it's a good time um and i don't know like i we talk about towns a lot, which is weird because it's such an obscure title at this it point really in time. <laughs> but I think, but I think towns really just when I play other games, like I always hold towns in this really fa like fond spot. Like mm -hmm. it's always, I, I always kind of like wish that I could get a new version of that. Oh yeah, it was so. I still haven't seen a game innovate in that sense, right? To, to that degree. It, regardless of the fact that it is now essentially vaporware that the entire company is dissolved and the game will never be finished but right for what's available that's still out there i mean it's still worth picking up and playing with as long as you're okay with the disappointment of it not being updated anymore <laughs> right right but yeah foundations um like i said i would highly recommend if you're into it and again it's not it's also not really comparable to like a city skylines or something it's not that kind of it's not right. modern but it also just is not that scale. Um, but yeah, yeah, very cool. Anyway, what about yourself? So no, that's obviously awesome. Sea of Thieves, but what else have you been into? Yeah, so I've picked back up a game that I've picked up several times before. Um, one of the few early access games that is still early access and has been early access since 2013, so seven years. Wow, I was going to guess a decade, but fair yeah, enough. Yeah, close, very close. Um, <laughs> but every time I go back to it, it's it's a whole new game, and it's just as hard, and that is Project Zomboid. Mm. Uh, it's fall, and in the fall, I tend, like, one, we get, like, in the Midwest, we get this, like, pre-winter in our fall, where it rains a bunch and then gets ridiculously cold, and that kicks my i need to play a survival game instincts into gear i guess because every year around this time is when i pick up don't starve or something survivally along those lines and uh and i've picked back up project zomboid again because they've had a just a ton of updates since last i played it um they went from an entirely 2d 
well, it was 2D rendered like Diablo style, like isometric, to completely 3D. And the game is huge. So to move everything to 3D is a massive undertaking. Um, but it's a zombie survival game for those that haven't played it. Only it is probably the most realistic zombie survival game that you that I've seen. Um, you manage not just your health, but your health is managed by you have to bandage cuts and bruises and scrapes. Uh, it, your carrying capacity as well as how well fed you are and the nutritional value of your food determines your walking and running speed. You can gain weight by eating unhealthy foods. You can lose weight by not eating enough. And that affects your muscle mass, which affects your combat and your ability to carry stuff. Like you can get depressed or anxious or panicked, which all change how the game works. There's now a full weather system with really immersive fog um there's vehicles now and you can you could take damage from crashing you can run over things like it's ridiculous i feel like and i have not played this hardly at all i mean you got me into it back when you first got it i I picked it up because of what you were talking about with it and i think my experience was i like i started it i found a house i wanted to get into i tried to punch a window Mm-hmm. Which I successfully did do, but then I cut my hand and I didn't yep. know how to fix that. Because you can clean, you can, you have to clean the glass out, the glass charge out of a window and on the ground. Like everything makes noise that can, like guns are a death sentence. <laughs> guns will attract zombies from blocks away. <laughs> well, what I was going to say though is that it, you know, and, and obviously different games and, and everything, but it kind of feels like it's a game in the vein of Factorio where even though it's been early access forever, like the version you played in 2013 was really cool. Yeah. And yeah, now what they have now is way better, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those rare examples where early access never felt like that, at least since we knew about it. Like it's always felt like, I mean, honestly, if you called it 1.0 right now, I I wouldn't be mad. Like I'm happy you're doing more, but fine. Anyway, I just wanted to no, throw no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It is an early access done right scenario, and yeah, it's just you can get. I think I spent when I got back into the game. It took me two to three days before I remembered all of the things that I needed to know to get to survive more than one day, and not even in the hardest mode, like in one of the easier by far modes of the game getting through your first day of survival and i mean now granted i also i take that back i took a character that had a because you could build a custom character and all of the traits you know give you cost points and you only get so many for free and then otherwise you have to take negative traits to get points so i was taking traits that are negative traits that i could eventually get through like uh malnourished and like weak armed, like weak, you could eventually exercise and and build up those huh. traits. But if you exercise, you can do different exercises too. So if you do like sit-ups, it just causes exhaustion, which reduces your carry weight and makes you a little bit slower. But if you do push-ups, it makes your combat effectiveness down for a day. And you can get like exercise fatigue on your different body parts and that'll affect your stats for a day or two. But you can raise those, your fitness levels so you can run longer or whatever. 
And so I have a lot of negative traits on my character, which means my carry weight is low. Uh, I'm not, you know, effective at killing. I can fight maybe one zombie at a time if I have a baseball bat or something. Right. But yeah, you, you could when you raid houses, like you're all of the houses are fully rendered inside and out. Uh, there can, you know, the different types of food is all the map is static. It's a static map. But all of the loot and the zombie distribution and everything else is fully randomized. And where there's cars is randomized and stuff like that. So you can, like, take sheets off of a bed or a pillow and use them to block out the windows inside of a car so that you can sleep in a car. Like, you can craft a sheet rope out of those sheets. And if you have a hammer and a nail, you can nail it to a second story window and climb out because zombies can't, like, climb walls. So that you can then use a sledgehammer to take out the stairs at the top so that they can't climb up and get you. And like, there's so many things that you can do that it's mind boggling how much you can take apart radios, build electronics, build structures, build traps. Like you can do all sorts of stuff. And there's so many little details. Like if you watch TV, on an entertainment channel, it'll reduce your boredom and stress. But if you watch it on like Life and Living and a fishing show comes on, as long as the volume is high enough for you to hear it, you can get skill points out of it. Wow. And it'll level up your skills. But if your volume's too high, it can attract zombies. Like water and electricity can work for a random amount of time before there's not enough people left to run it anymore and it just shuts off. So you've got just a, you don't know when, but at some point you're going to have to start collecting and sanitizing your own rainwater or live next to a, a river or something. Like hmm. there's so many, like a microwave won't burn your house down because it has a timer, but it makes noise. And like zombies are tend to distribute themselves in urban areas. So you want to get out of urban areas, but that's also where all the good stuff is. Right. And ah, uh, there's, so so much to the game i i love it i love huh. it so much yeah i mean it sounds like maybe the closest thing to D D in a video game that's possible very much so very much more there's more opportunity for me to be like i didn't know i could do that than for me to be disappointed by like gee that seems like something i should be able to do right and of course there's also a healthy mod scene which increases stuff even more um one of my favorite mods is the spray can mod, which allows you to find spray paint and then tag the ground or tag houses and walls. So you can you can tag the ground with an X, and that means I've looted this house. You can tag it with a, a house and an arrow to show where one of your safe houses might be. And it's multiplayer. You can play Project Zomboid on a multiplayer server um, with either just set up your own server with a couple of buddies or on any of the bigger servers. And... When you do that, the voice comms in-game, a lot like Sea of Thieves, can actually attract zombies depending on your decibel level. And so, But you can get a walkie-talkie, which then allows you to, to take that down some. You can play a radio, or you can plug headphones into a radio, which reduces your awareness so you may not hear a zombie, but you can gain stat bonuses where a zombie can't hear you. Like, you could pick up and move furniture, but you have a chance to break it if you're not a carpenter or strong. 
And yeah, it just goes on. The list goes on and on and on about the things that you can do in the game and how it works. And there's a full, like I said, a full weather system now for the full year. So if you survive a year and I think each day is like an hour or two. So it's a it's a long time for you to get through a full year. But if you do, you have to face winter and summer, which means you can you can wear multiple layers of clothes, which is not something you see in a lot of games like in to increase your defense against scratches and bites. You can wear a tank top, a T-shirt, a sweater and a leather jacket and then a, a welding apron in front of all to like defend yourself. But you'll get hot and sweaty and overheat or have exertional hit you faster and like <laughs> ah so much there's so much <laughs> that's wild that's absolutely wild which like in the summer sure or in the winter wear all this stuff be zombie defended but in the summer it's 100 degrees out you're gonna overheat like right huh so and i'm sorry if you just i feel like you might have just said this and i no it's fine it. i i i just I just yeah. ran for a minute. <laughs> no, you're good, man. No, it's all good. But so, is there a way to beat the game? I honestly don't. I no, I don't think so because okay. the intro card it says this is how you die. Like uh, this is your story. You're one of the last survivors. This is how you die. This is your I story see. of survival. the The best you can do is die of old age. Um, I see. But otherwise, zombies do kind of respawn. Now, their spawn rate is determined by a whole bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, they will hoard up and make... You've got to keep an air. If you, want, if you want a base, you have to constantly clean it of zombies. And burn the bodies, because having zom dead zombies will both increase your risk of general infection and attract other zombies to the area. So... How cool would it be to see a game? It's too bad that Spore failed like it did critically mm -hmm. and commercially because despite all of its shortcomings, it had some really cool ambitions. Right, uh, it did. And how cool would it be to take a game like Project Zomboid where if you can hit some list of milestones or I don't know what the requirement is, but if you could get to some threshold where now it turns into like a they are billions type right, of game. Right, right. Now it's more RTS-y and you're, you're building like larger base defenses from a more mm -hmm. zoomed out view to fight hordes off. And I don't know what it turns into from there. I don't know if there's space zombies that you space. have to go fight. It just turns into dead space. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know, it would just be so cool. I mean, one of the earliest which this isn't even really a fair comparison because it doesn't really change the gameplay, but there was this game I've talked on this show before about romance of the three kingdoms. Well, there was another game made by the same publisher and maybe developer, whatever um, in the nineties called Genghis Khan Two: clan of the gray wolf. Mm -hmm. um, it plays very similar to romance of the three kingdoms in a lot of ways, kind of like an early civilization style title. Right. But the way it works in Genghis Khan is if you play the, the, the campaign or whatever, the story mode, you start off as Temujin, which is Genghis Khan's name before he became Genghis Khan. Oh, like Historically, that's right. True. Right. And, and so you basically it's I think really it's if, maybe if you start the campaign as the Mongols, because that's one of the factions you can pick. Well, anyway, in that way, you start the game as Temujin, and instead of starting on the world map, which is normally literally the whole globe, you start on a, a smaller map 
that is Mongolia broken up into different factions. Ah. And you have to unite them under your tribe, which is how Genghis Khan in real life rose to power, was he united all the tribes of, of Mongolia and then became the Khan. Anyway, and I just always thought that was so cool how you played this kind of micro version. And then if you beat that, then you come out of that and you're in the real world. Right. The, the zoomed out normal view that you would see if you chose any other country to play as. Um, anyway, that was just the first version I'd ever seen of a game kind of like offering that kind of expanding revelation gameplay style. Yeah. What, but not just as a separate mode, like it, right. it like you play through this and it transforms into this yep. larger thing. Like I just always thought that was super cool. No, I would love to, I would love to see something. I like, there's a, oh man, I can't remember the name of it now. There's a couple of flash games that are a zombie survival game that are really, really well done. And uh, God, it's, it's actually as it's, it's a, a city builder in kind of the reverse sense where mm -hmm. you're, you start with a small colony of survivors and you've got to send people out to clear areas of zombies and then take them over. So you have space to build land. I always thought it would be really cool for a game, a game to start like SimCity where you've got to build a successful city. And then at some point the zombie apocalypse happens and it turns into this zombie survival game where a whole, all your survivors hole up near the police station and you've got to retake the city that you just built mm. now becomes, how can you survive here? Right. So like offering that two-sided gameplay, I always thought would be a really fun mechanic of, like you said, of having one game turn into another. Right. Like, Which I totally understand from a development standpoint, why that is uh, not a good idea. Huh? Yeah. Well, just <laughs> or so it just won't be as well done because the city builder will be very simple to get to the quote unquote fun part. That's the other like. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be city skylines plus <laughs> right project zomboid. Like. Well, I mean, and I I know I've talked about this before as well, but it's like you know Dark Age of Camelot, that MMO from back in the day that I I love so much. You know, it's got three separate factions, and unlike World of Warcraft, where yeah, the different the Horde and Alliance have different capital cities, and starting out, the races start in different zones, and so there's a little bit of of difference. You know, in WoW, everyone goes to Stranglethorn Vale, or at least can. Um, everyone goes to the same dungeons or whatever. Well, in right. Dark Age, it's three separate factions, and the only time they come together is in the PvP realm. All of the continents, though, which is exclusively where all of the PvE content is, is entirely separate, which is so cool because if you change factions, it's literally a different game. It's like, not only. Yeah, different races, different classes even, and then literally an entirely different continent, dungeons, everything to explore. But the problem with that is is that a game like that that requires that much of a time sink, it's not a game that invites you to switch factions, right? Right, yeah. So they're making all this stuff so that a third of the player base can ever see any of it at, at any one time kind of thing. And it's like, that's also kind of... I get where that doesn't make a ton of sense, you know what I mean, from a resource... Right. Standpoint. Well, and I get like it would be great if games had more intermodality where maybe the game didn't actually translate from one to another, but if models and textures were more freely distributed, which of course copyright is never going to allow any of that, but to where the point like you could take a city skylines game 
and play Earth Defense Force 5 in it because you could just export all the buildings to Earth Defense Force 5 or something. Like, that right. would be so cool. And then you would have, because, I mean, there is some of that in things like Minecraft where people build, there's map builders and then there's adventure players and then there's coders and they all kind of work together to make stuff like that. But how much cooler would it be with the graphics of a city skylines where there's people that just make really awesome cities and then they make them four different, maybe one, one city is great for project Zomboid and another is great for earth defense force five or that tower defense game that you were playing the, yeah. the X force. I think that I'm shocked. That... More uh, X morph defense. X morph. Wow. Defense. Yeah. You're a million percent. Correct. <laughs> I have to scroll all the way to the bottom because it's not in my, um, completed game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because because I, I'm the last boss. I did, I did bail. So anyway, but yeah, like being, I think you could only do that if all of the, if there was like kind of a shared engine so that the models could be exported and imported very freely, but, oh, how great would that be? I'm being a six-year-old right now and just coming up with more examples, but like, like if you could, if you had the city skyline builder thing, like you were talking about, and then the invasion happens and now it turns into XCOM and yeah, you're or like, Halo. yeah, like, yep. and again, I, I'm being a six-year-old kid and just. And then what if you were on a skateboard? And then what if you had a pizza? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. That's just... It, it's, it would be so cool. But, be. I mean, Project Zomboid offers as close to that because it's modeled after real towns in Kentucky. And a lot of modders have put in grueling amounts of effort to remodel based on certain years' maps from, like, Google Earth to do their own cities and modeling the interior of every building on a map is no small feat. And they're pretty big maps. Uh, just ask Grand Theft Auto that doesn't let you go in buildings largely. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is why they're small towns. So like right. two and three story buildings max. But sure. still, it's still a ridiculous amount of effort. And it's a game. If you want a survival game that will really challenge you. Um, yeah, I've definitely gotten to the point where I can survive long enough that I started saves coming. Um, <laughs> oh, but for the most part, well, and it's it's just the threat level never changes. Right. Like that, and and like, yeah, guns are great, but there's only a couple of them that won't attract every zombie in the city to your current location. Right. But you kind of like what are you going to do make you can make like a Molotov cocktail maybe if you can find gasoline but right. good luck <laughs> right hmm. so yeah i, I don't it. i love it I, so much yeah i think that's really compelling that if there's that that f i mean freedom of choice almost doesn't do a good job describing what you've just what you've just described i guess just the the uh, the um availability of of creative problem solving like that's just <laughs> not something that you see in games to that degree. Right. You know, like I recently went back to portal two with a buddy and played through some of that co-op and, and there might be more than one way to solve a portal puzzle maybe, but if there is, it's two, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's not, or variations of those two. Right. Exactly. In a general sense. Yeah. Right. It's not smash a staircase with a sledgehammer and throw a sheet out the window to climb up and down to get into my or, now 
secret base. Like, I just, in my current base, I'm in kind of a warehouse, and zombies battered down one of the doors while I wasn't there. I was out doing a food run, and I came back, and there's three zombies in my base, and the door's broken down. Because they'll break windows, they'll break doors, and... And so I had to like, well, this door is actually in a bad location anyway, so I'm going to board over it and build a wall there. And But I had to get my crafting skill up, and I had to get boards and logs. You can survive completely in the woods with like, you can make a tent kit and a campfire kit and cut down trees and plant food and dig up worms. And they each will, maybe eating worms will keep you alive, but it increases your boredom a lot. And your unhappiness a lot. So you've got to find ways to get that back or just deal with the fact that your character is depressed all the time, which may affect your ability to aim a gun. Like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the mental health stuff is wild. Like, mm -hmm. that, that I remember that from back in the day and being impressed because that's not a new mechanic for them. Like, no, that's something they've done for a long that's time. Been for a while. Yeah, the Moodle system is deep. And and managing that on top is much more uh, kind of like Don't Starve. Starving is the the name. Don't Starve is the name of the game, but it's kind of the easiest thing to not die from. <laughs> it's oh, you'd like it way Project Gamboid, So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the easiest thing to die from in the in Don't Starve is actually just the dark. The dark, yeah. Which I've done more than I'd like to admit. Day one of a Don't Starve game, we're collecting, and I'm trying. And we're collecting stuff. Well, I say we, I'm probably playing by myself, whatever. I'm collecting stuff. I'm like, I'm doing the base. And then because I've played a lot, at least somewhat a lot, um, I have some overconfidence that's not actually real. It shouldn't be there. And I'm like, oh, I can stay out a little longer and I'll make it back in time. I know how Don't Starve works. And then just mauled by the darkness before I ever get back to a fire yep. source. Well, and no. I think that's the same in Project Zomboid. Confidence is the killer. Like every time you open the door, you better have a weapon raised because a zombie will lunge at you and their lunges oh. can like knock you down. Like always check for open windows and doors before trying to break into a house because if a door or window is already open, it won't set off an alarm. Like it, there's so you, you just because you have a little bit of food doesn't mean you won't die like you may have to abandon your safe house so have several backup houses set up like it's it's crazy how much you have to go in to really survive in that game <laughs> yeah i i don't know there's something to if a game is fun enough like risk of rain you know to, to go back to that a little bit or risk of rain 2 specifically um I, I mean again we've played for you know 50 hours plus and beat it once but that's not the first time I've been, again, I even beat the boss one time by myself mm -hmm. and that still wasn't enough. So as fun as the game is, like it is brutally hard. Like you're doing great. You're the, the run I talked about where I found the, the ability where I could swap my weapons and oh, yeah, cycle get your back. still got one shot and died in that. Like <laughs> at some point did not uh -huh. beat that wasn't the run we won on. Like it's so punishing but it's fun. And I, I mean, I said it last night after we got done playing. I was like, this game is lucky that it is as fun as it is. <laughs> because otherwise, I would be livid with the, the punishment that it does. Oh, out. yeah. Like, come on. But well, and it's it, Zomboid's the same way in a lot of places where it's like, it. it's not always. There have been times where I've spawned <laughs> into a house that had a zombie in it. Right. And I'm like, really? And I even <laughs> like. Because I've played enough that I don't want to have to spend two hours getting just a backpack and a sweater. 
like I, ha I have the starter kit selected in a custom sandbox so that you spawn with like a backpack with like a hammer and a baseball bat, uh, like two bags of chips and a water bottle. So you're not going to die instantly. Are the chips noisy to eat? I don't know if they're that. I mean, they, they make noise, but I don't be, know that it'll detract noise. It'd be from funny that if it was like the loudest thing in the game, because it's actually just the developer's real life pet peeve is people <laughs> eating noises. Well, it's it's funny. <laughs> so the game has so much like in alignment with real life that especially like I've modded it, not ridiculously, but I, I, me and mods. Right. Um, so I've added even, even more real world stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but because of that, because there's so much close to realism today, I was taking out our aluminum recycling, uh, to go smash the cans in the garage and it was kind of overflowed. And I thought about it and I was like, I could probably put all this in a bag or I could probably just, I could probably just grab the whole box. Could not. It was overflowing, grabbed the box, dumped half the cans on the ground and was instantly like, this is how I die. The zombies get me. The zombies are going to get me because I spilled all the aluminum cans, made a bunch of noise. Like <laughs> it's just just thinking about, like, what's the quietest way that I could pick up aluminum cans to move them to the safe house? Like, ah, mm -hmm. uh, but because <laughs> it makes me think like that, uh, that's why I love like it's also weird because I'll be. I will enjoy like kind of batch quote unquote bachelor food or, or lower quality food, like, like ramen noodles. I will start craving when I play, I may have talked about this with don't start, but when I play survival games, I will enjoy so much more a very simple meal because in game I've been eating apples and worms and scavenging for food. I don't know what it is, I, but like feeling like I'm, I'm roughing it. Like, oh, I got ramen noodles, so this is a high-quality meal. Like, I love it. I don't know why, but it makes it makes the real-world simple food taste that much better. Like, No, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've done it with food, but I, I know I've talked about it before. I mean, like, you know, I was watching The Expanse, and then I want to start playing Mass Effect, and then I'll boot up Sins of the Solar Empire, and then I'll mm -hmm. load Stellaris, and it's like, well, I was watching a sci-fi thing, and I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to play, wanted to play the sci-fi sci thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no so i totally get it and honestly honestly as, as much as i just acted embarrassed by that it's actually one of my favorite things like when we talked about kerbal and you shared your story about how you um were playing kerbal while you were watching the spacex thing like mm -hmm. i love that i love it when when i'm so uh, moved feels like too strong of a word because like i'm crying but just Whatever. involved in yeah compelled to feel like i want to like extend it outside of the game into something else like it, right it's a, it's a fun it's a fun feeling well i don't i i hope that i never actually have to survive in a zombie apocalypse because i don't think that would really be fun but uh, i have openly said for as long as you've known me at least mm -hmm. that if the zombie apocalypse comes i am willing to be the fodder to let the others survive <laughs> Because I don't, honestly, not even because of the apocalypse part, I don't want to rebuild. Like, even right. if we all make it, I don't want to rebuild. Like, right. I don't even really like mowing the yard. <laughs> you can guess that I don't want to do any of the society building stuff because I don't yeah. really like doing the most fundamental society maintaining stuff. Right. So <laughs> I just don't want to have to deal with dental and vision. Like, <laughs> nope, nope. If I lose my glasses or if I get a root, like, I, I, I'm not... 
That's not happening. That's not I hadn't happening. thought of that, but that's actually a million percent correct. I am so <laughs> blind. I can take, I can look at, be, I'm, right now I'm five feet from a wall. If I took my glasses off and there's an outlet on it, if I take my glasses off, I not only do I not see like the detail of the, of the outlet, I just don't know there's an outlet there. Mm-hmm. It's just blank. So what that means is that if I lost this or if it continues to get worse as it has right. my whole life, I would just walk into a pit or something. Like, <laughs> you would it, walk into the zombie defense trap. Correct. <laughs> but hey, at least we would know it worked, right? So again, I'm still valuable, and that's what I'd like my legacy to be. Here lies uh, Walker Near. He was the best beta tester. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, QA for life, literally. Oh. Um, anyway, anything else you've been playing? No, no, that is. It's been hard for. I've actually been torn in, in situations where I'm like. I'm so engrossed in Zomboid that I want to keep playing there because progression is slow, but every like getting a, a skill book or a piece of fresh food is such a huge find that like it drives you want more. But then like two buddies hit me up. I'm like, hey, see you thieves. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no, what do I do? I don't know which I want to like I want to play them both. Like I want to have friend hangout time, but I want to survive the apocalypse on my own. Like uh, and I definitely do not want to play Project Zomboid with other people. I think it could be really fun, but it for me that's the tension is in the solo experience. Like I kind of feel like maybe we should play sometime, but I feel like it would just devolve into me trying to find ways to troll you a lot. So. I would eventually shoot you. <laughs> my, I, my... That would be the ultimate troll because the guns are the death sentence. Yeah, so then it's I true. Would it's true. Maybe I just have to wait till you're sleeping and shiv you. Like... Actually, we'll end on this. We'll end on this since we just since I just used a made up example of me spiting you into spiting yourself. In real life, you have spited me into spiting myself. It's true. <laughs> you have won, and I I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because I don't like to lose. However. Uh, despite not winning all that often. But anyway, um, the other day, so I, I will have you know, I have now downloaded and installed Gone Home. Ooh. All right. So we're one for one. <laughs> and I almost played it the other day, but then I wanted to go offline so that you wouldn't know that I was playing it. And then, and then I thought about like, You'll know, get the steam toast pop up. <laughs> right. And then I thought about like these different like ransom scenarios where I can try and force Rocket League. But then I, but then I was because then I was like, oh, and then I'm like playing out these conversations where I like show you that I have actually bested you. Except that in the end, the fact that I've spent this much time considering it and I know for a fact you have not with Rocket League means you've already won no matter what the outcome is even if i delete my computer and you <laughs> become a rocket league professional now you still win and you would win because you'd be a rocket league pro and i don't even have a pc anymore um anyway <laughs> I, I, I just want to like it hurts it hurts you can just hit me up anytime and i will play rocket league i i do not admit defeat in what i will call <laughs> verbal combat very often and i can do nothing but that this day, but I assure you, I will return. There will be. There <laughs> I, will you're be going to seek vengeance on me for things that you did to yourself. <laughs> and then, just like the rest of my life, it'll probably just. It will probably <laughs> backfire. More shortcomings for me. So at least you'll get this. <laughs> you'll get this experience. Oh. Anyway, I'm sure no one's listening anymore. Um, 
So we'll <laughs> we'll, go well ahead. if they are, we appreciate your dedicated listening and remember that we have a Ko-Fi that you can now donate to if you enjoy the podcast enough to make it all the way to this point in the show where we have ridiculous banter at the end, then consider uh, buying us a coffee and helping support the show. Uh, we are currently not ad funded, so your support really does make a difference. It pays for hosting fees and electronics that allow us to uh, to host the show. So that's over at ko-fi slash p-u-y-s pod. Drop us a coffee. Uh, maybe we'll read a comment on air if you want to throw one in there or something and uh, let us know that you love the show. Or just tweet at us on Twitter. That'd be really cool too.